Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, I'd like to think the Paywall Times picked up on my theme from yesterday morning. Productivity doesn't seem to reflect the fact there's more money and a lot more people in the NHS. The Treasury have certainly cottoned on, and that's why they've refused an ask from NHS England of around a billion pounds to help out with the cost of strikes and backlogs. NHS England have scaled back their efforts to reduce waiting lists, giving number 10 a problem, because reducing the numbers is one of the PM's five promises ahead of the upcoming election. The Times reported in round terms 16% more doctors than four years ago, nursing numbers up 15% since before the pandemic, and spending up £20 billion in real terms. According to the Times, NHS England has brought in McKinsey to figure out why the service is managing lower treatment volumes. I find it hard to believe that NHS England don't know. The last time the NHS called in McKinsey was in 2009, and they produced a deck of slides, which I linked to this morning. You can see them all. There's hundreds of them. Um, the upshot were 12 key points. One, reduce the tariff to enable strategic health authorities, as it was then, to push through efficiency savings. So get people to do more for less. Number two, renegotiate the GP contract to, guess what, drive down costs. Number three, cut the number of GPs because they're inefficient. The least productive had 77 appointments a week and the average was 126. If the worst improved, the same number of patients could be seen with 3,500 fewer GPs. Stick with me on this. Number four, reduce elective surgery by stop doing tattoo removal, hysterectomies and tonsillectomies. Number five, reduce routine outpatient referrals. Number six, reduce variability in outpatient referrals. Number seven, cut the number of district nurses by 15% by increasing the average number of visits from 5.6 to 6.6 a day. Number eight, increase clinical productivity. The least productive productive 10% of doctors and nurses see a fifth of the patients seen by the most productive 10%. Number nine, increase the number of day cases. Number 10, reduce the variation in prescribing. That was really by PCTs in those days. The spending uh, ranged from £85 to £192 a head. If they all moved closer to the average of 151 they'd save £600 million a year. Number 11, reduce spending on supplies by 1.9 billion um, by making uh, what the suggestion was GP supplies could be 15% cheaper if they all use national procurement. And the last one, number 12, cut the square meter per bed ratio and sell off the spare land. <laughs> At the time, people didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I remember it well. It was a while before McKinsey got back in the tent. And when they did, they pocketed £600,000 for, for a seven-week review into NHS technical leadership, which is still hopeless. In my legendary fairness, for which I should be by, beatified, it's probably true to say all the dozen points had some salience. 
McKinsey was saying if all the rest were as good as the best, a lot of stuff would be better, and we know that. But the NHS has never had the leadership, the time, nor the investment to make it happen. Quite why NHS England have decided to spaff our money on McKinsey again tells me there's no one there old enough to remember what happened last time. Or NHS England really don't know the whys of productivity decline. Well, I do. There are fewer hospital beds available for non-COVID patients than pre-pandemic. The increasing difficulty to discharge patients, which clogs up the system and is a drain on staff resources. The The NHS employs greater numbers of hospital staff, but higher rates of sickness mean that a non-trivial portion of these is effectively lost. Higher levels of staffing on paper don't translate in full into higher levels of staffing on the ground. A larger workforce is now needed to deliver the same amount of care. Staff productivity is significantly hindered by ongoing infection control measures and pandemic-induced fatigue. Patients who missed out on care during the pandemic are now presenting with more complex, difficult-to-treat conditions, and there are signs that population health has deteriorated more generally. Now, I know all this because it was all in the recent Institute of Fiscal Studies report that I linked to yesterday and I linked to again today. Have a look at page 22. And NHS England could have had it for free. I did. Add to that the shambles that is even basic IT, dilapidations in the estate, the fact the NHS hasn't been able to draw breath after COVID, or system capacity is one of the lowest among comparable countries. And I linked to a very good report from the King's Fund on that. And you have the answer. Plus, depending on this winter, COVID will work its way through the system and staffing will recover and waiting will come down because the numbers are misleading. One person can be waiting for several things. And the biggest chunk of population waiting are waiting for diagnostics and a lot, way, a lot won't need any further treatment. More money, more staff, a huge effort on IT, investment in the estate, sure, but mostly the NHS needs more time. Mature management understanding, realistic expectations, kindness and patience. Thanks for listening. This has been Roy Lilly, and I hope we'll speak again soon. Bye-bye.